Welcome to Flipping the Script, a podcast for women of color by women of color, helping you to not just navigate your way through change, but to embrace it. I am your host, Michelle Words. Joyce Gilmer is set on having a long-lasting impact on the continent of Africa. She has taken the daunting task of lobbying various countries to encourage them to extend residency privileges to the African diaspora outside of Africa. She has personally met with government officials at her own expense to try to influence them to change their policies, and she will not take no for an answer. Joyce shares with us what led her to this movement and her plans moving forward. Let's get to it. I am not where you want to be, trying to navigate life, but it's hard to see, yeah. I am struggling to make a change, but coming to me now is the perfect chance. With flipping the script, so you'll find your way to help you embrace any trials you face. With flipping the script, conquer every Joyce Gilmer is a Louisiana native with a passion for operational efficiencies, people knowing their rights and securing proper support for all endeavors, and travel. Joyce graduated from Dillard University, a historically Black university, with a family in tow, and matriculated law school at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, Wisconsin. Presently, she is in the next chapter of her life, and wants to mimic a bit of Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes. Given her ENTJ-type personality, it can be a challenge, but the goal is to do not go to the grave, one, without having experienced several countries around the continent of Africa, two, building some family health and wealth, and three, living life to the fullest. Joyce is working hard on becoming a future expat, having an eye to get residency for the diasporic Blacks around West African nations on the motherland via ancestral nexus. She's lost 60 pounds or 27 kilos, chases after elected officials in various nations to discuss ancestral residency while remaining open to plans changing as she undertakes the journey of living as an empty nester. Joyce, welcome to Flipping the Script. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to have you join me today. Interviewing you for this podcast has a lot of firsts for me. And so you are experiencing these firsts with me. First of all, you're the first expat that I'm interviewing on the African continent. So I did interview someone in South Africa, but she was a native. So secondly, you are the first person I'm interviewing with video for the podcast. So this is the first video podcast episode that we're going to start doing moving forward. And third, you're the first person that I've interviewed that I went to law school with. University of Wisconsin. And although y'all are listening or watching, I really would rather have the hand clap for getting made up 
for this interview today. Makeup galore. <laughs> yes, I promise that I don't normally walk Gilmore. around like this. <laughs> the one that we know and love. This is her. <laughs> Joyce yes. has gone to the continent and now look. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's one of the things I know a lot of folks feel like everyone sells rainbows and happiness when they leave America. But no, I'm honest. I can tell you all the drawbacks, the hurdles, the hiccups, and I am eager and grateful when I reach out to you and asking questions. You're honest as well, because the first thing I do if I have a problem is like, oh, I should have never left. <laughs> right. You know, but then you start to assess, right? You have to weigh yeah. out the pros and the cons because it really isn't going to be all, you know, happiness for sure. Exactly. There's Rainbows and lollipops for another day. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, keeping it real. So this is what I want to hear from you. But let me tell you something. You got the assignment. You understood the assignment <laughs> when it came to video because you are looking on point. Fabulous. And... You know, you have definitely adapted to the culture there, it seems. Yes. <laughs> so tell us, where are you? I am officially in Leki, which is a suburb of Lagos, Nigeria. It's on the island. So there's mainland and there's island. I like the island side much better is what I've learned. I bounce around and try and experience a place once a month, if not longer. If I like it, I hang out longer. I don't like it. and like, yep, all right, this doesn't work for me. So the island is easier to commute on, walk to get to everything, because I think something no one talks about um, stateside or just didn't prepare me for, everybody mentions like violence and kidnapping, which has not happened. And hey, blessing and praises for me. But traffic. I hate traffic. At this uh, point, I'd rather be mugged. <laughs> Two hours <laughs> one way, no matter where you go around this really? place. Two hours. Yes. Is I'm that not exaggerating. You're on the island, and what do you, you, there's a bridge or a tunnel that you have to take to get on the mainland? Not exactly. So I never go to the mainland from the island like that. Actually, the traffic on the mainland is worse than the island. I mean, it really is. I can imagine. Really. Yeah, when I sat, and I was at a hotel there, and I would come out the hotel, it would take you one hour to get over to the next street, just the next street. In the morning, wow. people are leaving to go to work, and in the evenings, they're coming back from work. I don't know what they do in the middle of the day, but it's just easy to get out and walk. Wow. Um, that's the real reality. <laughs> so, If you don't mind traffic, this is the place for you. I think everybody minds traffic. So what about the public <laughs> transportation system? Ooh. Okay, so I have yet, and I've been around for a couple of months, but I have yet to officially ride. It is called the BRT bus, as we would see in the States or in the UK, the actual public bus where you pay with a card and you take a seat and you go. And it's air conditioned and everything, and it has formal seats. I use what they call the Phase. And I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, but for me, it was very similar or familiar because the Dominican Republic has such. And that was the first place I studied abroad, and it's called the Guagua. So you catch an open van, you use your fingers to flag them down, they tell you the price once you enter, or you can negotiate on the side of the street. And I catch the Guaguas everywhere I can. Sometimes I take a Gypsy cab, excuse me if that's not politically correct, but I know that's what it was called even in the DR and in New York. And those are individuals who are taking their own cars and just picking up folks as they drive down the road. Guess what? Oh, okay. It works for me. 
Yeah. You know what? I You've learned, already shined. I learned about that in, in Cuba. But actually, yes. it's not it's not even for a fair though. People just, you know, it's like a carpool situation. So they yes. don't, there's no transaction going on. It's just like you're going that way, I'm going that way. Yes. I'm gonna go ahead and hop in your car. And yes, I learned right. that when this woman just hopped in my car, my <laughs> rental car. <laughs> I pulled over for directions and she hopped in and I was like, uh, I just wanted directions. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay i've never heard it for just a regular person oh, yeah. but yeah even today i actually considered it but they were going the other direction i was like oh yeah you don't need to go that way keep walking but that was going to be my treat to myself i didn't want to walk for too long let me catch a ride at any rate right. they also have bike boys or okadas or what they're called here so the guys on motorcycles they're okay for residential area but i've learned they will drive against traffic if there is traffic sitting uh, in one spot and no you can't convince them to be safe trust me no, they they I just want to get you that. there <laughs> you sound like my mother <laughs> so now how long have you been there um seven months total let's back up a little bit because you mentioned sure. the dr so your first time spending i guess uh, a significant period of time abroad was dominican republic Yes, the Dominican Republic. I went to the okay. capital city, Santa Domingo. So you studied abroad there, what, during undergrad? Ooh, undergrad. When did you go semester. to DR? I knew you were going to ask the date. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, no. it was a semester. I'm not asking dates. Yeah. I'm not going there. <laughs> okay. Look, so y'all, I'm not embarrassed to be line. old. Yeah, I'm not Look, embarrassed to be old by no means. I have, but... I have several years over you. Okay, so let's yeah. not talk about it. Several. It's not even but it's not even that. It's just embarrassing. Like, what? Why am I letting time get away you from know what? me? It is what it is, right? And it's better mm -hmm. than the alternative. So getting older is our option, right? That's how I that's how I see it now. Okay. So the reason I'm asking about the DR is because I'm trying to establish what was it that sparked your interest in living outside of the U.S.? What and when? I've always wanted to travel since I was a teenager. And so I have parents that are, I'm from the deep South. Look, you may hear Louisiana and think New Orleans, but y'all got to realize when I say deep South, there are individuals who have never left home and they don't want you to leave. So that was a whole nother issue. But as soon as that opportunity came up to study abroad at school, I signed up for it. Like I learned about the idea of studying abroad because a friend and other individuals on campus were returning from the UK. And I was like, oh, we can do that? Where do I sign up now? Let's not play games. I'll do what you want me to do. Let's make it happen. At any rate, living outside of America really is a combination of a, a number of things over time. It just was over time. Honestly, um, having a family in undergrad, going to law school with the family in tow. And I say that to stress the individuals that you can do it too. That's my main purpose. I don't need the accolades, but I want to encourage individuals. It's not the end of the road. And you don't have to get stuck in the monotony of just day-to-day -day taking care of everyone. It, there is it's never a too late time period. And I know a lot of us get into that rut. Oh, that's beyond me now. Oh, I'm not 19. No. You have the ability to move, get up and do what you want. That's it. So I can't say what definitive moment said, okay, I have to get outside this country now and live the rest of my days. 
But I can say most recently, COVID made such a great impact. I was like, you know what? I'm locked in this house by myself. I don't want to be around people. If I'm going to die, I can't die not having made it to the motherland. I'm not comfortable with that. You know, there's this pushback now that Black travelers go everywhere except the continent of Africa. And some of that was... um, striking my heart a little bit, a little too close. If you could say I was getting sensitive about it. And I was like, it's not that I don't want to go. I've been trying to go. I always had plans to go in 2014. No one wants to go. But it's about the affordability. It really was. When it's time to show up to Europe, my first flight out to Oslo was $99 in business class. My visa, that was when I finally got a passport. Oh, yeah, I think you made fun of me then, that I had been traveling all those years without a passport. Like, how? <laughs> and I love to tell people, well, I thought it was because I was black. No one cares when you're black. This is, I bash right you now, I'm just, You lost me at $99 business class to Oslo. Like, I can't get beyond yeah. that. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. But SAS Airlines was super fantastic. I think they were starting a promoting coming into Florida, Miami. So I made my way to Florida, flew out from Florida. It was super nice. The food smelled better than it tastes. I don't understand how that happened. Um, I was like, maybe it's the MSG. I don't know. But it smelled great and didn't taste like anything. Overall, 2016 is when I got my passport, people. Literally 2016. And I was excited it made it in time. Okay. But the second thing besides COVID, my best friend passed away at 41. Actually, I don't even think she turned 41 yet. At any rate, she died unexpectedly, had always been battling a few health issues. And it was just like I say, a combination. I always knew when my child finished school, got settled for college or whatever her next steps were going to be, it was my time. And as soon as those three things came together like the perfect storm, it was like, I'm out. I'm done. And she passed away March 2021. Yeah, unexpectedly. So I'm grateful I got a chance to see her right before COVID. So Labor Day 2019, by COVID hit March 2020. 2021, I was planning on leaving May 2021. And part of that was when I was talking to individuals online, I would see people walking around Africa without masks. And when I say Africa, y'all, please don't come for me. I promise you it was Nigeria, it was Ghana, it was South Africa, it was Kenya and Zimbabwe. No one was wearing masks. Please, I know there's 54 countries on the continent, I promise you. (laughs) So I was like, what's going on? Why don't y'all have masks on that city bus? Why are you so safe? They were like, man, it's not a problem here. I was like, that's not right. Tanzania's president made it a big issue. When you arrive in his country, take off his mask. Take off your mask. And I was just like, "Uh, he sounds a little too much like Trump. So I'm going to ignore that piece. Let me keep talking to the locals. Uh (laughs) At any rate, I'm excited that I did start reaching out to folks. I went to Clubhouse and started just announcing it to anyone who would sit still long enough for me to say, I am a future Black expat. I meant that. Future expat. Help me. What do you know? Whom do you know? Would you put me in touch with them? Simple as that. Now, my mother would jump out of her skin and say it was all deadly. And I'm playing a Russian roulette, meeting people I don't know, and they're going to kill me. I'm like, I'm okay. (laughs) But I'm always happy to show her that, no, people are usually excited to embrace you, take you in when they see that you're trying. Right. Even when I struggle with French. I'm from Louisiana. I refuse to learn French. I learned Spanish. And guess what? People gladly take me with my bad patois (laughs) is horrible and still make a way. And that's what I do appreciate. So 
One thing I have to take issue with you about in your bio, yes. you said you want to be a future expat. You are an expat. Okay. So I don't, consider, I don't check, know. That, check that off of the box. Well, for liability purposes for employment, I don't know about that yet. And secondly, as long as I keep talking to individuals, like here in Nigeria, I literally have to pay every month to be here. To keep the visa act monthly so one it is a yes you well if you have it like that i'm sorry attorney michelle since you have it like that i'll happily take that money for the whole year up front you can't pay in advance no i'm just no i'm i don't know about this so that's why i'm like monthly so it's a, oh, it's okay. a tourist visa but so you have to is it only for 30 days is that why you have to pay every month or what is this man that's a whole nother story so you apply for your visa before you leave the states um they only gave me two years maybe three i don't know i was offended i was like no i need more time when you arrive i only got 30 days approval at customs and he asked what did you bring me i was frustrated so every 30 days i would show back up to get an extension oh, wow. well you only get 60 days for free once you hit day 59 to day 180, you have to pay. It um, balances to 200 US dollars. A month. Yes. You save money if you pay a Naira because they have a black market here. So you exchange. So the open market is one US dollar is 412, 418 Naira. If you go to like a bank or someplace in the US before you come over. Okay. But they have a black market here and it's illegal. At first I was very scared to discuss it and I didn't want to say it out loud thinking I would go to jail or lose my license or anything like that. But no, it's through the Central Bank of Nigeria. You take in US dollars or euros or pounds. They give you even more. I've been trading for 550 to 600 for every dollar, mm. which is really good. Mm. And when the market, which doesn't work for the locals because it's inflation, I was like, look, if they find a way to get up to seven, nine hundred, because there was a lot of discussion about it. I was like, that's basically doubling my income. I'm not leaving. Don't worry about it. Don't look for me to come back. <laughs> All right. So I know that you want to travel throughout the continent, but it sounds like you kind of want to set home in Nigeria. Is that the case? Um, not exactly. It was because I was making games. Simple as that. Um, games such as I've never lost. 50 pounds in three months. Um, you know what? Let me not say three. Four months without trying. I just showed up and the weight started falling off. So from July 25th to December 8th, 50 pounds just came off. And I hate to sound like that, like it was magic. It was not. I had to adjust I'm to the moving. food. I had to adjust to the climate. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not driving. I literally walk and catch the bus everywhere. Yeah. So all of those things had an impact looking for housing. And when you look for housing here, it is like New York, honey, if not worse. First of all, they'll show you a place you have, they don't give you an address. You have to meet them at a location, then they walk you over. That's a whole stressor. Other people are vying for the place. It's not even completely finished or they don't clean it before you move in. So it's a lot of, again, movement. But like I said, from July 25th to December 8th, I thought that was a blessing that I was not looking back on. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to jeopardize this <laughs> and go somewhere else and, you know, have problems or fallbacks or go into my bad routines. So let's keep the course and let's keep it moving. I signed up for the gym because I noticed too much shaky fat and I was like, I don't have to have skin removal surgery. Let's try and work on this and not just let it fall off. And yeah, in my mind, the it was worth it. 
the balance of just paying monthly. But no, I'll tell you, my first month here, customs immigration makes you not want to stay because they lied to me. My first renewal should have been free. The gentleman who worked didn't just ask for a bribe or a tip like some people do. He specifically lied and said, no, 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 it's no longer free. That's that's wrong on the website. We changed the rules. You have to pay. Then he brought over other people's visas and passports and showed me they paid. So I paid him cash money, Naira, <laughs> and was like, okay, thank you. I thought he was helping me. Yeah. When I got back and saw it, I was like, I was hot. I was That's why, it, yeah, you need to have a local or somebody that you know. Then, I had a local with me. Let's not even start with that one. A lot of locals don't know uh, that we pay to be here. A lot of locals don't understand the process either. And I get it. I don't understand the visa process for immigrants who come into America. Bless their hearts. Uh, but like I say, that's that's not in my specialty one. So professionally, I don't have to know. Personally, why would I know? I, did, I just got my passport in 2016. So I don't even understand. <laughs> so so the, it's okay. It's a process. Yeah, it is. We all learn, right? But are you are you working there or what are you doing while you're there? Yes. So I do work remotely from the States and I'm permanently remote in contract. So I made sure I had to get that in writing. I'm super excited it's in writing because it wasn't always in writing. And I basically consider Lagos to be like my home base. So I go from here. I've met some fantastic people that I actually genuinely like and trust that they like me. We get along fabulously. So I leave out of here and go to neighboring countries now. Um, Ghana got struck. I was supposed to go in October, but Ghana refuses to open their land borders. And I don't know if you saw my post, but it was like, we'll take a ride over. Then we get out the car or the van and then get on the boat. And I was just like, no, no, there's no way the embassy would send anyone to save my black behind. So, nope, I'll get back in the van. We'll drive back to Nigeria tonight. Okay. So, so where are, what other countries have you been? Um, Benin, Togo, and now I'm preparing for East Africa. My goal is July 26th. I should be on the East Coast. I should be in Cairo and then head over to Kenya. Are you leaving Nigeria or are these just going to be trips or are you going to like, are they extended times there? So no, this will be one week trips from Nigeria because okay. by Labor Day, I'll be back in the States. When I leave the States uh, again, which will be immediately after my mother's birthday, I'm coming in on the East and heading South. And I'm okay with, again, plans change. My goal was one country a month, starting with Egypt, then Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda. So go east, head south, then finish up on the west. However, <laughs> I changed everything and came into Nigeria first, paid more to come into Nigeria. And now it's like, okay, when I leave and come back, I'll make that circle around like I originally told myself I would. But it's okay because at least from here, I've learned to use travel agencies, which has taken some stress off my plate. Because in the States, I never use a travel agent under any conditions, but they have better prices. And guess what? I'm here for the lower price. So what's your timeline then for your travel? For staying on the continent or heading back to the States? Well, on the continent. Okay. So I would make 13 months before I leave. Okay. So I'll leave for four months and then I'll return indefinitely. Okay, indefinitely. Until I find something else. I'm looking at other places. <laughs> no, I'm looking like, I think Mexico actually will be a better fit for me because it's close enough to home where 
And that's what I want. I want my parents to visit. So if nothing else, my mother will take a cruise and come into Mexico, see me leave. And I also know living here, I have food requirements. I miss chips and salsa. Oh, my word. I need guacamole in my life. I need chilaquiles. <laughs> no, it sounds bad. Like, oh, you're letting food. No, I get it. I understand. But the thing is, you know, I've been pretty fortunate, you know, in these countries that I've lived in, in the Middle East, they have something, they import a lot of stuff. So I have, and they Mm -hmm. do have Mexican restaurants here. And I can also buy stuff in the store to make my own. So I understand. I get it. I just thought about it. You're boozy brunch. You're missing out on such. Yeah, in Saudi Arabia. And I'm just learning about it. Well, I found they do brunch really well here. Yeah, oh, I bet. See, because I have not been to Nigeria. (laughs) Actually, so my mother and I, pre-COVID, were planning to visit Nigeria that summer. And uh, because Mm -hmm. a friend of mine, his family is from there, so we were going to go and visit and stuff. And so COVID just kind of messed up that whole plan. So I'm hoping maybe later this year to at least get her to the continent because that's what she wants to do. She's never been to Africa. So I'm trying to bring her to Africa this year. Absolutely. Because I'm with you with, you know, life is too short. And I'm fortunate that she's able to travel now and willing. And so I want to take advantage of those opportunities now because you never know when life circumstances can change, right? Yes. So I can also relate to you. So you're the first person that I have talked to. So I explain in my podcast what launched me into my life as an expat. So as you said, there's a couple of things, right? Everything all kind of falls into place. But one thing that I say is I talk about how a a law school student, you know, classmate of mine died suddenly. So you're the first person I've actually talked to that actually knows who I'm talking about, Israel. So the year that he died, that was 2014. That was when I decided that I wanted to move abroad because then again, life is too short. I want to do, I wanted to have more time and more money to travel, which I wasn't able to do as much as I wanted to when I was in the U.S. And I had gotten laid off from my job. So it was like everything was kind of at a time where I was able to reflect decide what it was that was important to me. And that's what led me to move to Qatar that year. So. Yeah. I can remember you left in a Tesla after you sold everything. <laughs> Your Uber pickup How was you a Tesla. Did you remember that yes, post? I I, baby, I remember too much. Look, I don't want your listeners <laughs> to think I'm brown nosing. Y'all just don't know. Michelle was so exciting to me. It was like, <gasps> someone's doing what I want to do. Let me ask her 900 questions. And then I had to temper myself like, only ask one question a week, Joyce. Leave yeah, her alone. you didn't have to temper yourself. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, but well, you have to move. That's one. You had to get settled. That's two. You had to worry about Miss Pearl. <laughs> that's three. So I was. I didn't know what all you were dealing with, but I just knew. Even when you spoke to me, you were like, "Oh, you can do this now." I was like, uh, "And I just said it tonight." I was like, "Well." When I talked to her, you know, I think we were just starting high school, and I was nervous. Like, yeah, I can't do it with a kid. Mm-hmm. I can't wait right, till we finish. Right. And guess what? There's always yet another hiccup or a hurdle. And it was just like, "Mm -hmm. you know what? I have a firm deadline regardless of what happens. Mm -hmm. I'm out. And this is what's going to be. So, you know, I have this book coming out that is um, an anthology. Mm -hmm. So there's a group of us, right? We are contributors. 
And one of the things I wanted to have people in the book that talked about moving with kids and with family, right? To still show people that it is possible. You can do this even with children, even with, you know, one of the contributors, her son was a teenager going into like high school. And you know, that's a tough time. Mm -hmm. And they made the move and he adapted and really did well, you know, so it can happen. And I know people that have moved with little, little kids, right? So (laughs) that's a challenge in itself as well. I tell people all the time, children get with the program. It's however you perceive it or exhibit your behavior, they'll follow. So if you're excited about it, they'll get in line with it and go right along. Other people, some spouses and other family members, not always. But children will always (laughs) get with the program. Even special needs kids, I've learned, abroad, like here, nannies are affordable. Education is affordable. Man, so many amenities are just, when I say affordable, y'all, I, I really want to stress this. For people making 45000 and less, your money can go further here in a way that you just won't see at home, okay? And I can stress that 45000 because I was a government employee <laughs> barely making 45000 and could qualify for assistance. You know, you just keep your lifestyle below the budget, really. And I tell people, no, budgets are not constricting how we see it. Budget allows us to live a certain way. It tells us what we can do and what we can't do. Here, swim lessons, like in your own personal pool. It's not as if you're going to be, I don't know, I don't want to make it sound like Pablo Escobar lifestyle. I promise y'all, Nigerians are rich beyond my imagination. I knew they had money, but I didn't know they had this kind of money. So it was like, this is a wealthy nation. I can't compete. And that's why I can tell you for a fact, I won't be here permanently, but I'm happy to chase after a few opportunities that I feel I can pull off really well here. I've always wanted a salon. I feel like I can do it well here. I can afford the overhead. I can afford the labor. I can afford, and I can bring a standard to the market they don't have. Compliance just isn't that way. And more importantly, starting on time. You know, I tagged you today. Look, I showed up for my own appointment to get makeup done. Reminded her last night. She said, oh, no, ma, not 7 a.m. Start at 9. Okay. Wrote her at 8 a.m. I'm on the move. I arrived at 8.45. Oh, I found it earlier. I'll sit here and wait. She wrote after 9, saying I'm 40 minutes away. I didn't see her until 10.52 a.m. And I was walking away. Like, you know what? Just refund my money. I'll find somebody along. Everyone does makeup here, first of all. So I'll find someone else. But she talked me into it. I came on back. And it made me late for everything else for the rest of the day. Time is relative to some people. Yes. And I tell you, so Americans, we're the ones that are the sticklers on time, not just Americans, I guess more kind of more Westerners, but we do expect people to arrive on time. And that's something when you move abroad, get rid of that expectation. I almost want to say, I don't care which country you go to, forget about it. (laughs) You know, and it may happen today. (laughs) See, and I was okay with it's just in the Caribbean. No, it is not. It's in the Middle East. It is in, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's something you just have to- I don't to, know how things get done. You have to just if be patient. Everybody has this slight abstract idea of time. How does it get done? But now I can really understand how people in the States feel like the South is slow. <laughs> and then you know what? We make fun of New Orleans. It's his own country and it's more like the Caribbean. 
nothing is going to start on time and you're going to put an extra two hours behind whatever's listed. <laughs> I can feel it yeah. more than ever. Oh. So I try, that's one of those things when I mention my personality type, yeah. I'm trying to learn how to absorb that without being worked up. Yeah. So my next move is Panama. I have the condo in Panama. So I, I talk to people that are there and the reality is, so I have some service, a friend of mine is staying in my condo right now. So I decided if I needed to have some service work done and things now's a good time because somebody's there. So I tried to schedule for them to come this week. They can't come. So, and I scheduled it at least two weeks. I finally got somebody to respond to me like two weeks ago and they scheduled it for next week. So it was all with at least another two week wait before they can come. And they gave me a range of dates. So <laughs> they were like, we will come on the 21st or let's see, 21st, 22nd, 23rd or something like that. And I'm like, okay, yes. so which day at which time? No time was given whatsoever. So the fact is they can schedule you for a particular day and they're not going to come that day anyway. They'll show mm -hmm. up a day or two later. So I guess that's why they gave me the courtesy of a range of when they may show up. And I hope they can come because my friend <laughs> is supposed to be leaving and I'm trying to get this stuff done before she leaves back to, you know, they're at the, the door, US. Yeah. Exactly. I'll tell people that's one of those trade-offs where thankfully you can't afford help, meaning the security or the gate man or the uh, the housekeeper. Someone can stand in in your absence for this reason, because otherwise you'll sit around and lose days, days. Oh, for sure. And again, I work from home, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'll just sit here yeah. and guess what? They will find a way to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? This like, is the thing. I tell the people. So, mm -hmm. you know, we do, we do as Americans need to learn more patience for sure. And and the reality of it is, for the most part, none of it is that urgent. Like it's not the end of the world, usually, right? <laughs> if they don't show up okay. when they say they're going to show up. So <laughs> Audio listeners, I wish y'all could see my facial expressions because I wholeheartedly disagree with Michelle. I, I have many heart attacks and palpitations. <laughs> <laughs> in case they don't tune yeah. in, I look, look, I'll listen to anything before I turn on that video. Because again, data is different outside the states. That's a whole other story too. But again, I'm programmed. I came into the world like this, and I have to stress. Yeah it to myself. And I'm glad I do have my own family. My own child will say, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'm like, I didn't think it was, but <laughs> am I behaving like that? Yes. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So those are the things I get to work on from abroad. And I'm okay yes. with that because at home, they will test you. you get in this monotony, this routine. Oh, mm -hmm. you get into a routine and you can't shake it. So well, yeah, it's not the end of the world per right. se. Let me ask you about this though. <laughs> So you mentioned that yeah. you are working on influencing African leaders to, I guess, have some sort of a new policy regarding ancestral residency or citizenship. Tell me, what is it that you're yes. doing with that? I'm harassing everyone I can through social media. That's first of all. My main target is the Nigeria Department Minister Interior. I thought I was going to get to meet him in Abuja, the capital city for the nation, last year. Took a flight. Oh, let's not even get started on that flight. The flight was supposed to be 8 a.m. They moved it to 6 a.m. Finally got out and arrived the next day after midnight. So this is one of those things that 
thankfully is not such a Western way where an appointment is an appointment and they expect you to show up because I was ready to fight everybody. Like, no, I have the minister interior waiting for me and we are dressed for this and we're supposed to be out of here. Child, his support staff (laughs) had every intention on making me believe that, but I was supposed to meet with them. Ultimately, they canceled on me before I could even explain the fight was late. One of the main reasons why it, it became such a push for me to like, I got to make this happen. I don't like the $200 a month. I don't. I don't mind paying anyone if that's your fee and that's what you require. Cool. Let's make it happen. But let's be real. Nigeria was super active in the slave trade. You know, I have some roots here. What they offer is a birthright, meaning if your grandparents are from here, you can get residency. You can have your citizenship. The end. Well, I feel strongly, well, my great, 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 great grandparents or somebody's from here, you should let me. We're part of the group you got rid of, um, you know, intentionally or unintentionally. The end result is other nationalities can be here for a lot less money, meaning they're paying 20 American dollars per month, period. And some are paying $20 USD for the year that's when it becomes a a gut punch for me. Like, whoa, whoa. It's like you're still mistreating me 400, 600 years later. Like, when will we ever catch a break? So the more and more I thought about it, I was like, why, instead of presenting it in a negative light, let's put this as you're missing out on tourism dollars, literally. And once I saw it in that capacity, it was like, oh, that could be a better conversation. I know you may not need our money because you have oil, but guess what? Tourists will show up and lose money in a way (laughs) all can't even give it to you. But Benin and Togo have been more receptive. Started with, again, a direct message on Instagram. Show up at the embassy, talk to a few people. They'll refer you to others. Nigeria, not so much. They're like, oh, that's nice. And they just keep moving. (laughs) So the hope is if I get someone to pay attention that Ghana is literally making money hands over fists. Individuals know nothing about Africa, but like my mother, my mother wanted no parts of going to Africa right now, period. Then she checked in. You know, Stevie Wonder's moving to Ghana. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am. That's so now you'll think about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't even know Stevie he Wonder had this kind of influence, it. but okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Boomers are so peer pressure. <laughs> heavy and they don't acknowledge it under any condition (laughs) but at any rate i wanted people to see ghana is doing it and you can get residency in ghana if you buy things do certain things five years now nigeria has laid out a 15-year plan that requires a whole lot 15 years you hear that 15 and now imagine if i'm paying two thousand every year for 15 years is that for residency or for full citizenship at least residency not even citizenship see what i mean wow mm-hmm. so now so you're a one yeah. woman lobbyist apparently is that is that what you're doing now or <laughs> <laughs> yes basically i will harass people through social media in the best way they can only say no so many times yeah. eventually yeah. someone's gonna say yes so, so tell me then how can people help you or what are what are your next steps in this plan i think people should you know, come together, let's use these hashtags. The diaspora does belong here. We don't know one another. We can improve relations by actually interacting with each other. 
Now, I think TikTok has been really useful in one way because I'm seeing more natives offer the opportunity for folks to come visit, stay at my place, because there was a nasty TikTok of some non-Black people mocking those with African descent not knowing their heritage. And it was like, oh, and so I can respect that. But once you see so many people here have so many connections to the UK, either born abroad or moved when they were young children, at some point we have to discuss or talk about the notion of, hey, how can we collaborate? How can we, you know, overcome some of the struggles we have of not trusting one another? Otherwise, we're going to keep living this vicious cycle, you know, of how we stay segmented. Okay, so if somebody wants to contact you, do you have a, a website or what is your contact information? And I also want you to share those hashtags. Go ahead. I surely will. So one, Instagram, Justice Joyce TV, YouTube, Justice Joyce TV. Although I'm not actively posting, but I am recording. I will upload more when I'm in different locations. I'm still a single woman. I like to protect my privacy as much as possible and do it once I'm out of an area. Because I may not know the area, but you may know more than me. Uh Number three, same thing, Justice Joyce TV for TikTok, Instagram across all platforms. And my email is justicejoycechannel at gmail.com. If you reach out to me, I promise I do respond. You'll be amazed how quickly I'll respond. It's not that I'm bored and have nothing else to do. You always have to have your phone here in a whole nother way. Yeah. Like you bank you know, through WhatsApp here. And that's a whole nother story. But those hashtags, I will get them together if you write out to me. But I would hope that more of us see the value of having, if not citizenship in another country, so we have alternative places to go, but residency. I mean, honestly, you may love America to the day you leave this earth, and that's great, but it is nice to be able to come and go when you want to and not have the upheaval of visa approvals or money or limitations because the wrong people in power can stop you from leaving the border. Let's talk about that or re-entering the border. Yes. So I agree wholeheartedly. I know we don't like to make it seem gloom and doom. Yeah. yeah, but it's like I tell my family, you got to get these passports. I don't care if you never go anywhere. I'll pay, but you're getting a passport. Right, exactly. Okay, and then, so I, you will give me those hashtags and then I will include it with your contact information then also so that people can have those then. Yeah, the I would appreciate okay. it. All right. And I'm open to anyone. If you have contacts on the continent, please let me know. Or in Europe or Central and South America, I will happily visit your family and show up with a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Show up with a gift. All right. Well, at least you're not (laughs) empty-handed. I have really enjoyed talking to you and catching up and finding out what's going on in your life since you left the U.S. So thank you so much. Yeah, sorry it sounds like I'm all over the place, but I'm just eagerly excited to talk about it. (laughs) And I, I hear your passion and feel it. So thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Flipping the Script. If you like what you have heard, please make sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Also, I would appreciate it if you would write a review and share with your friends. And I want to hear from you. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you thought about this week's episode or to suggest any future topics that you would like for me to explore. Or you can just stop by and say hello. You can reach me at flippingthescript.com or 
on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Flipping the Script. Want to continue the discussion? I also have a private group for ladies only on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye for now. We're flipping the script so you'll find your